Adept Gaming Podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to the very first very exciting episode of the Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. I'm your stand-in host this week, Jessica. Um, we were originally meant to be joined by our, our colleague Andy, who unfortunately can't be with us due to health reasons, um, but we are wishing him a speedy recovery. I am joined today by Craig. Would you like to introduce yourself, Craig? Hello, I'm Craig. Uh, and I run the website VDZD Media. I have done for the last three years, as well as being active on Twitter with all things gaming. And I just thought 2021 was the right time to get into gaming podcasting. We've been thinking of doing it for a couple of years now, uh, but just wanted to be able to nail, wait until we could nail some consistency. Um, so we thought 2021 would be the ideal time. If the name wasn't obvious, um, we are based in Scotland. Um, unfortunately, we're in a UK-wide lockdown at the moment. Um, but we are still going to share some positivity that came out of 2020. There has been a lot of unpleasant times. Um, but, you know, as a gamer, it's been, it's been pretty good. Potentially one of the greatest years in gaming history. There's been two new console releases, a ton of games, which we'll obviously pick our way through. Um, and share what we think are the best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think 2020, probably more than any other year, has bred a lot of new gamers just through necessity, almost. Everyone was in a lockdown, very little to do, and gaming was one of the only mediums that kept going. Yeah, uh, it's true. There's a lot of um, like TV series and things like that that you know had to disband. And, disband? Is that a word? Disband. Um, um, obviously due to coronavirus implications and not being able to film so um but gaming you know it's very much done remotely anyway so it's yeah it seemed like there was a few teething issues and some games got delayed a little bit but they still i mean they got there in the end and they got some some amazing games out i mean i remember back to when we were watching the season finale of the blacklist Mm -hmm. and uh, about five minutes into the episode randomly it cut to an interview with the director that you thought had somehow been left in by mistake when he explained to us that they were halfway through filming the season finale and because they were in New York they got shut down and so half the last episode was animated and half of it was actual scenes. Uh, so obviously they had to adapt from the way they could and then it just had to go, go black. Mm-hmm. But gaming was able to continue and it's it really has been a, just a, an absolute lifesaver for some people. Um, it's kept people busy, kept people sane, kept people occupied, and gave us a lot to talk about and enjoy throughout the year. Definitely. So, without further ado, let's begin with some honourable mentions that didn't quite make the top ten cut, but that we feel deserved a shout out. Yeah. So. I've actually, as well as honourable mentions, I've even went the extra mile and come out with a few games that basically I've enjoyed but not had enough time to put the required hours into to make any sort of list. So I'll just mention a few words about each one of them. So first of all, we've got Budget Cuts, which is a VR stealth game. Uh, Really enjoyed it from what I've played, maybe put about an hour and a half into it. thought it was good. But um, 
it's something I'd need to get back to and need to play more uh, just to make sure that it's, it's worthy of a list, but it is certainly something to look out for. Another one is Twin Mirror, which was a new game from Don't Nod. Uh, instead of being episodic, this one is just a full release. Again, I played about an hour of it. It seemed an interesting story, but just didn't have the time. There's not enough hours in the day, unfortunately, to get um, to get through that one yet. The same goes for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's one that probably made most people's top 10 list. I have played about 15 hours of it, but obviously Assassin's Creed games these days last about 400 hours. So until I've put a bit more time into it, I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want to label that. Uh, then we've got Sackboy A Big Adventure, which seems like a really fun platformer, Just you played a little bit yeah. of that. Yeah. Seems very good, but again, I would only be in the first world still, so I wouldn't want to to put a number on that. Uh, there's the Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope, which is the second Dark Pictures Anthology game. Uh, it's made by the same guys that did Until Dawn, which is one of my favourite PlayStation 4 games. Um, I played maybe, again, probably about an hour. There's a lot of these games I played an hour of, but I, I enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed what I played really good. I haven't had a chance to go back to it yet. So that's something that could have made the list. And the other two, again, roughly about an hour's worth of game time, is Cloudpunk, which is like a sort of cyberpunk-style delivery game. Again, I, I really liked what I played. It was really interesting. The story was sort of starting to take shape. Really enjoyed it. Uh, we do have a full review on the, on the website from one of our reviewers. Uh, she really enjoyed it. So it's one I'd like to get back to soon. And the last one is Hades, which I only played for the first time a couple of days ago. Looks really, really, it's just it's gorgeous. Not usually my type of game. Uh, hack and slash but I really enjoyed what I played of it I'm sort of holding off until it comes to PlayStation or Xbox I would rather that experience uh, than playing it on the PC which I did play on or the Switch um, but I think the ex exclusivity deal will be up soon and as soon as it releases on other platforms I'm going to be all over that uh, so that was just a, a short list of games that I haven't put enough hours into to be able to define but, um, but ones that certainly deserved a mention Moving on to honourable mentions uh, that I've got a wee bit more to say about. One would be Maneater, uh, which I just <laughs> does so much wrong with Maneater. Uh, the performance wasn't great. Um, it crashed. It, it had issues, but it's also a game where you're a shark and you get to eat people. And as you know, Jess... Craig I, is an avid shark fan. I really like sharks. So there's not enough shark games in the world. Uh, we've, we're still waiting on uh, the Deep Blue Sea game uh, based on one of the greatest films of all time. Just a little interjection about that film. We drove round Edinburgh for two, three hours maybe yeah. looking for a copy of that film. It was when the days when Blockbusters was still open because I remember yeah. we went into one looking for it. Is that where we finally got it? In like a bargain bin or something? Uh, it would probably have been a bargain bin, yeah. That's probably where we got it. We hadn't actually been dating for that long at that time. I'm surprised you stuck with me for we toured Edinburgh looking for some rogue copy of Deep Blue yeah, Sea. because you just so wanted to watch it. Hey, we got there, we watched Deep Blue Sea, you're still here. Yeah, that's true. I did well. <laughs> uh, another one would be a game that maybe a lot of people don't know about. It's called Creeks, uh, and it's a puzzle platformer. Uh, really... Um, just an amazing art style. It's all hand-drawn. Um, one of the things I liked about it was I'm shit at puzzle games, but 
this one was really intuitive and it made you feel smart. There was a couple of times because because he's not right. I don't. I think that was implied. <laughs> so I often will get stuck, and with a game like that, if I'm having to check a guide every two minutes, I'm not having fun. But I'm not going to say I didn't have to check a guide. There was a few times where I I did, but for the most part, I was able to get through it. Uh, and it, it, like I say, it just did a really good job of making you feel like you'd worked it out yourself and I really appreciated that. I also did not States Welcome which was good. A lot of these games are like two or three hours longer than they should be and this wasn't. It kind of lasted as long as it should have. Next up on the honourable mention list would be Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. For a long time I would have thought this would have made my top 10. Uh, it's a VR Walking Dead game. Uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, again you could argue maybe I haven't putting enough hours into it it's not that I haven't put enough hours into it I just I haven't it's hard so I haven't got as far in it as I would like to but I have put time into it um, it's just so much fun it's got the art style of the Telltale Walking Dead games but it's like a sort of semi open world um, survival VR game and it's just it's so cool you can walk about you can pick up everything you've got a backpack you're trying to sneak about um, the only thing that kind of let it down a little bit was there was times when you'd be trying to sneak and you would think you were doing a good job of it and all of a sudden one of the zombies would just turn around and make a beeline for you and it felt a little bit unfair at times as if you thought yeah, I was sneaking pretty good there like I'm a, I'm a stealth expert as you know a bona fide ninja and sometimes I would get spotted and I would think it was a little bit unfair but outside of that, absolutely brilliant game. One of the best VR games, certainly, of the year. And uh, one that's available now on just about everything. And um, well worth picking up. Next up, the honourable mentions would be Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Just, I was so happy a couple of years ago when they brought out the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy just to be able to replay those games from my childhood. Really enjoyed them. And when it did so well... I knew that we would get another Crash game. I just didn't know if it was going to be good. And the the delight of it was that not only was it good, but it looked amazing. The graphics are absolutely brilliant. And it's just, it's just everything about it. It takes everything from the original three Crash games and improves on it. It's, it's the best Crash Bandicoot game. It's also absolutely rock solid. Um, it's what I mean, yeah, but you know, our six-year-old is playing it. <laughs> ah, but he's particularly good at games. For a six-year-old. Aye, ridiculously good at games. It's embarrassing. He's making a fill of me daily as it when he comes down and tells me about how much further he's got in Cuphead. We kids lucky he's got a room to live in. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's probably got further than I have in it, to be fair, but it's it's really good. It's just difficult, but um, but yeah, I do. I'd, I'd love to be able to spend the time to get good at it, but uh, there's just too much to play, as this enormous list would suggest. After Crash Bandicoot 4, we have Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. This is a remake of the original two Tony Hawk games. Um, I love Tony Hawk, the first couple of Tony Hawk games when they first came out, but I didn't really know whether I would put much time into these remakes, just because it felt like they were of their time, like at the time you were 
sitting drinking with your pals, chasing high scores, like stuff like that. I just thought, sort of felt like that was a sort of time period in my life that I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. But it came out and... Were you ever a skateboarder? No. no. Never, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, I would sit in one and go down a hill and hurt myself, <laughs> but that was about the extent of it. Um, but I would play the games. So, I mean, I call myself a golfer because I played Tiger Woods back in the day. Um, but when it came out, it was it was just it was too good to deny. It was really really good, and I ended up getting sucked into it. Um, still no good at it. Like I, I used to be okay, but now God, I'm hopeless at it. But it wasn't frustrating. It was just fun, and it, I must have ended up in about thirty hours into it, just plodding about trying to get all the objectives done. Like it's just just a really fun game. Um, so it definitely deserves an honourable mention. The last honourable mention is another game that many people won't have played. It's called Hot Shot Racing. Um, this is it's just it's like an arcade racing game. Uh, I don't know how to sort of describe. It's hard to describe. It's it's very focused around drifting. Um, you have to perfect your drift. You're basically trying to drift as much as you can, which is one of my favourite things to do in games, uh, racing games, and it just it nails it. Um, it's not rubber banded like Mario, but you're, you're never going to be in a position where you, no matter what difficulty you're playing on, that you are half a lap ahead. There's always fine margins in this game, and it's about getting into people's blind spots, shooting past them, using your boost at the right time. Uh, and yeah, I love the art style of it as well. It's, it's a cheap, it's an indie game. You'll get it for, I think it's only about a tenner. And they did just bring out some free DLC for it as well. But it, it really was like the sort of surprise, one of the surprise games of the year for me, actually. Not in terms of making the top 10, but just one that came out of nowhere, hadn't heard of it, got sent a code through and just fell in love with it and ended up playing, playing a lot of it. So that's probably, that's my list of honourable mentions, certainly before we get into the top set. What we're going to do now is just run down the top ten. Uh, we will do it in reverse order and save the best for last. Um, so kicking off the top list is Mafia Definitive Edition. Yeah. Mafia Definitive Edition is obviously a game that we didn't even know was coming at the they, beginning of the year. They remade this from scratch, didn't they? Yeah, Very it much. was originally released in 2002 on the PlayStation 2, which at the time I didn't play. Uh, I got into the series with Mafia 2, which I think was 2010. And then I tried to get into Mafia 3. I enjoyed the story aspects of it, but gameplay-wise I think it was a bit lacking. Um, I had always thought of going back to play Mafia 1, but when it comes to 2015-2016 and you're looking at the absolute state of a PlayStation 2 game, it's difficult to go back. So when this was announced and they showed off the screenshots, which looked like a PlayStation 5 game to be honest, um, I, was, I was all in and just buzzing for it by the time it came out. And Yeah, there's been some like you know, side by side comparisons that people have posted of you know in gameplay, and it just the difference is just it's crazy when you think about it oh, and yeah. how far it's come. But 
it was ridiculous, yeah. I mean, the graphics were just... They're mental. Like, it, it's really good. It was one of the best-looking games of the year in certain certain situations. And, um, yeah, I mean, it didn't disappoint. Uh, people had always said it was the best in the series. I loved the second game. Uh, but I think, overall, it did have a stronger narrative, the first one, I would say. Um, it's also... It's just really refreshing that even though it was an open world game, it was quite linear and it was focused on the story. There wasn't really that much to do in the world apart from your next mission. You could drive about if you wanted, but there wasn't really that much to see. It was all window dressing, but it was just, it was nice to be in an open world for a game that lasts 15 hours rather than every single open world these days, as soon as you go outside, it populates with a thousand question marks and even when you're finishing the story, there's 40 hours worth of gaming to do. Like, it, it was just, it was, a, it was a throwback, obviously, because it was a remake of an old game, but it was, it was really refreshing. And um, I loved it, I really did. Uh, it could have probably even placed higher on my list, but um, it's just, just shows what a great year it's been for games. So they're they're working on a a fourth game in the series just now, aren't they? We believe so. Uh, I think so. They certainly have hinted at that. I think they might have already said that they're working on the next project, but uh, there's been no definitive. Pardon me. Mm, pardon I see what you did there. Yes, no definitive <laughs> word on it, but I mean they will be. Yeah, uh, the team that made the uh, definitive edition also did the third game, and they are likely to be who will make the fourth game. So, uh, with the sort of not everyone was disappointed with the fourth, the third game. I know there's people that uh, did enjoy it, but certainly the definitive edition is better. And I hope that when they worked on the definitive edition, they saw the good what the good that a linear story could bring. And I hope they take that into the fourth game as well, instead of leaning more towards how open the third one was. Yeah. Okay, so next up on the list at number nine is Final Fantasy VII Remake. What did you think about that, Craig? I'm still, honestly, I mean, the game came out in April, April 10th, I think. Uh, And I don't know why I remember that, but I'm still, eight months later, shocked that I enjoyed it. I hated the original. The original is one of the most beloved games ever. And I just couldn't stand it. I honestly couldn't. Our MIA uh, co-host Andy, um, I was actually we were together, been friends for since we were wee kids, and I had birthday money, and we were up in Glasgow, and we I decided I was going to get this game because it looked the box looked cool, <clears throat> and it was in three discs, so I thought it must be good. Three discs, wow, incredible! Bring this thing home. And the two of us are sitting playing it, and for about three hours, I don't think we looked at each other once, because I know I was having a shit time, and as it turned out, he was also having a shit time, but neither of us wanted to admit we were having a shit time, so we'd sat there and acted like we were enjoying it, and I'll never forget us turning around to each other and going, this is crap, (laughs) this is crap. Uh, and we 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 both we both had the same opinion, and when I think I ended up taking it back the next day. Um, it's probably people literally throwing their phone out the window right now because it's their favourite game of all time. But I, I couldn't stand it. Really, you're pr- are you probably in the minority in that. Regard? I'm definitely yeah. in the minority. Yeah, uh, I hadn't touched a Final Fantasy game before or after Final Fantasy Seven until 
Yeah, I was going to say, so what, so what made this, this you know, make your list of top ten if your feelings were so, I think, so negative? I mean, normally I wouldn't have touched it with a ten-foot pole, but they brought out a demo and everyone was just so excited about it that I thought, I better give it a go. And, you know, you've got 20 years at this point of people saying you're an idiot for not having enjoyed it. So I thought, give it a go. Uh, it looked good. It, to be fair, it's a different game. It plays completely differently. Um, in the old game, you had turn-based combat, um, which is all kind of sort of picking moves at a menu and watching what the wee guy does. I can't be doing with that at all. Whereas this is more real-time, pulling off different moves with different buttons. Like it's it's more instant gratification. And aside from that, the the characters drew me in. Uh, I've been listening to a few different podcasts recently, actually, and they've spoke about how um, how Barrett was a weak character, and I can see where they're coming from, and he was a bit stereotypical, but there was something about him that I still really liked. He was one of my favourite characters, and I just thought they all bounced off each other well. I liked the story. There was bits of it I didn't understand, because it's... I mean, it is nonsense. But um, it just it all flowed together pretty well. It was all It was just weird enough where I was intrigued and it might have just been, to be honest, it might have just been what I was in the mood for at the time, but I, I did, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was probably my biggest surprise of, of 2020 that actually, even when I bought it after enjoying the demo, I thought I'll play a bit of it, but there's no way I'm going to go through this 35 hours or whatever it was. But I remember finishing it and thinking, I'm, I'm on board day one for the next part. Yes, I was going to say, so obviously you mentioned there that the original came out over three discs, um, so this release is only sort of part of that original story. Um, when do you think we're going to see the next part? Not for a while, which will annoy a lot of people. But um, yeah, they, they, when they spent a good five years or whatever working on this part, and don't quote me on this, but from what I understand, what you play through in Remake is only about 10 hours worth of the original game. But um, through some interviews that obviously translated from Japanese, so sometimes there is stuff lost in translation, but it does appear that they are at the very, very early stages of making the second part of it. And with the added pressure of how good the first part was, I don't think we'll be seeing this until... Possibly 2023, but I would say 2024 mm-hmm. for the second part. And we still don't know how many parts it's going to be. Um, there's a chance they might try and shove the rest of the game into a part two, which I think would annoy a lot of people given how much love they spent with part one. But at the same point, how long do they want to be working on this game? We, we just don't know yet. Doesn't, they've not divulged that information. Okay, so next up at number eight is Watch Dogs Legion. Yeah, I this is another one that I was really looking forward to. Uh, Watch Dogs 1, I was so excited for it when the trailers first came out. I always remember there was a trailer came out and the two of us just sat gazing at this, <laughs> this thing on screen going, this can't be a real game, this looks incredible. And then it came out and it was severely dumbed down from what they'd shown in the trailers, which was disappointing to say the least. Um, I 
did still like I just watched Dogs One gets a lot of hate, but I did still enjoy what I played of it. The problem was that it came out right as Nathan was born and obviously when you have your first child your life gets turned upside down and I wasn't able to sort of dedicate the time to it. So it sort of came and went for me uh, and I never got back to finishing it. It's something that I've always regretted. I'd love to get the time to go back and finish it, but I, I just I just didn't. But Watch Dogs 2, I loved. I mean, I... Yeah, there was a lot of times, Jess, you need to play this, you need to play this, you need to see this, but look at this, look at it, you know. Yeah, I always, I always tell the story about how the day I found out that The Rock, Alcatraz, was in the game, <laughs> and me, The Rock, is one of my favorite, the 1998 film, is one of my favourite films, so when I found out this island was in the game, I was walking about it for about three hours like a tourist, locking myself in the, in the cells, trying to get myself out by throwing the, the hook. Um, but I, I loved Watch Dogs too. I loved everything about it. I loved the hacking. I loved the, not cartoonish nature of it, but just how, I don't know, I, I thought it struck a right balance of being not too serious, but not too silly. I just, everything about it, I loved, I loved Watch Dogs too. It's one of my favourite open world games. So when they announced Watch Dogs 3 and it was set in London, I was all in from from moment one. Like we, we don't get enough games set in the UK, especially in an open world setting. So the thought of being able to go about a sort of futuristic London was enough for me. I know the game didn't deliver for quite a few people. There's a lot of people who were disappointed by it. Uh, a lot of that had to do with weird bugs and glitches. I was very lucky. I played through it on PlayStation 4 before the next-gen version came out. I I honestly don't... I can't recall getting a single bug or a single glitch. Played through it, no issues, really enjoyed it. Every bit as good as the second game for me. Um, the narrative was maybe not quite as strong because it's got this mechanic where you can recruit and then go any person in the world, any NPC in the world. Um, so when you can go everyone, you're sort of no one at the same time. But um, in terms of just the setting, the gameplay, I just I loved it. I really, I really did. I thought it was brilliant. Okay. Um, okay. Uh-huh. And at number seven is Pistol Whip, which is available on PSVR and Oculus. Yep, it's available on, I think, basically everything just now. I, I originally made my list because of the PSVR version at that time. That was the only VR headset we had. Uh, and it's just so cool. It's so, so cool. I mean, VR is cool anyway, but being able to be John Wick while listening to cool dance tracks <laughs> is, oh, shit, it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. I love it. And then recently we got an Oculus Quest 2, which we now have on that, and it's even better without any wires to hinder your mad dancing. Did a workout with it the other day. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the My Zone belt, um, but Craig decided that he would wear that just to test um, how much of a workout he got. Quite a workout. Yeah, but that probably speaks more about your exercise levels than. But yeah, I mean, to be fair, you did get some mips and some points for me, so. Well, I'll take them back if there's any more back chat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's just it's just so much fun. It really is. Um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's like being in it. It's a lot. Partly, it's like super hot because you're dodging bullets, but 
you have to shoot to the beat. And at first, the first couple of times you try it, it's just it's such an alien concept that you're just it just seems too hard and you're just focusing on trying to shoot people but then all of a sudden there's a couple of times where you shoot and you feel it you feel that it's went to the beat mm. and you think oh wait I did it there I did it and then it just takes off from there and normally the type of music it's sort of like kind of like electronic music and stuff like that and that's not usually my type of thing but in this game and this setting it works perfectly and I love the soundtrack it's great do you think it's better than Beat Saber? I do a lot of people will say no yeah I would probably disagree I think probably just from the variety of music like you say if that's not really your, your genre your style that you're into where it's also Beat Saber you can add it it's only one pretty much so yeah um, ah, there, is, there is that aspect certainly but the moment-to-moment gameplay, I would say, like, I mean, despite me and our three-year-old daughter watching through The Mandalorian recently, I'm not much of a Star Wars fan, so to me, shooting someone in the face is cooler than wielding a lightsaber, but again, I've probably been in the minority there. Yeah. Okay, so number six on the list is dun, 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 Spider-Man. Miles Morales. Um, so this is one of the PlayStation Five launch games. Yep. The best PlayStation Five launch game. Well, <laughs> no, because I have another one ahead of it on Ooh, my list. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, and it's not Demon Souls, which many people might say is the best launch game, but certainly it's an amazing launch yeah. game. So it was like a shorter experience um, compared to the, the first Spider-Man game mm-hmm. that we saw. It's mm-hmm. only about seven hours long this one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's much shorter. Um, not to its detriment though. Uh, again, like it, it sort of depends. Like Some people go into a game and they want it to last a long period of time. It justifies their purchase. It justifies how much money they spent on it. And I, I totally get that. Um Everyone has different wants and needs. I like to play as many games as possible. So if a game is shorter, nine times out of ten, I'm actually happy about it because it's quicker to get through. I'm, I always have games lined up. And although I really enjoy Sp- Spider- Spider-Man, Miles Morales, um, I was really happy with the length of it. I really enjoyed it. Also, there was plenty of side missions and stuff like that there if you wanted to expand the length of it and if you're a trophy hunter you also had uh, the new game plus uh, run that you had to do to get the platinum trophy so if you add all that and you were talking 16 17 hours uh, roughly and yeah it just it, it, it didn't have any of the bloat like if you get an open world game even if it's 20 25 hours you're gonna have a lot of filler and this cut all that out every bit of it I would say apart from the, the final boss, I didn't enjoy the final boss, but other than that... Is that just because your son did it first, met you first? He did, didn't he? Yeah, uh, he finished it first. I fucking hate that wee guy. <laughs> I think that was one of the, the sort of perks of it coming to PlayStation. Before, you know, PlayStation you, had it on, you had it on both uh, consoles at the same right. time. Aye, <laughs> now when we come downstairs, I've done that bit bad. I <laughs> nailed that bit. can't believe you've not done that bit yet, Dad. Honestly, how he still is in this house. Uh, no, that's it. Uh, maybe that's why it's number six, actually. Bad memories. 
Um, but yeah, I suppose it, you know, it is, it's appealing to a lot of age groups. And, oh, it definitely know, is. Spider-Man is. <laughs> it's huge, yeah. yeah. And the, for so many years, there was bad Spider-Man games come out. Everyone that came out, like, I mean, I'm sure somebody liked them, but I thought they were crap. Um, and all of a sudden, Insomniac take it over. The 2018 game was brilliant. I would argue this one's even better. And I think when we get Spider-Man 2, it's going to be better as well. How do you think they tackle Spider-Man 2, given that everyone is now arguably more in love with Miles Morales? I think it's going to be difficult. Mm. Really difficult. Because I would guess that Spider-Man 2 is going to return to Peter. Um, And I don't... I think if you were to poll people... I think more than 50% would rather the main character of the next game was Miles. What they could do, and I suppose to have done this, they would have to have some foresight that it was going to go this way, but Spider-Man 2 could be a situation where you play as both characters um, and the story sort of intertwines um, and it's sort of about the two of them equally, but whether... They, I mean, that game is obviously, I mean, it won't be out for, and I, I would say it probably comes out in about 2022, but it will obviously at this point be quite far along, and they would have had to foreseen people growing so attached to Miles to have laid it out that way in the first place, so hopefully they yeah, have, because if they haven't, I, I do think there will be some of that, where if Miles does just show up in cutscenes and has a smaller role, that people will be like, well, I wanted him. Because he's, he's a more interesting character than, than Peter Parker does. Yeah, it's an interesting one, though. Oh. Wait with Space of Breath and see how they, they yep. play that one out. Okay, is this is this perhaps the, the the better PlayStation 5 launch number? Coming in at number 5, Astro's Playroom. You are correct, Ooh. yep. Uh, for value enthusiasts, you have the fact that it was free came packed in with every PlayStation 5 console. Um, it's just it's just brilliant, honestly. I mean, if it, different people are going to get different things out of it. If you are, if this is your first PlayStation console, then all the little throwbacks they've done, all the things you have to collect, the, the stupid eye toy and stuff like that no one cares about and no one ever cared about. But when you... But, but when you... <laughs> Remember the, there was like a cleaning windows game. I can't oh, even remember. Dreadful. You had to like clean uh, the windows. Because yeah. they were like, everyone loves cleaning windows. <laughs> Let's make a game. I actually like hear the song in my head. Uh, dreadful, <laughs> absolutely dreadful. But like, if if this is your first PlayStation console and one of the collectibles in a game is an eye toy, you're gonna think, what's going on? Mm-hmm. But I've got nostalgia yeah, for the eye toy. If you've grown up with gaming, yeah. yeah so the more into PlayStation you are, the more you're gonna get out of this game. But I'm into PlayStation and I just loved it. It was brilliant. And the best part of it was that it completely showed off this incredible new controller and all the stuff it can do. I sat there for months in the lead up where they said uh, about this haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers and how it was going to be amazing. And to be honest, I think I believed it more than most. I heard a lot of people say, ah, just a gimmick, it'll be crap. And I, I did think to myself that this is going to be pretty cool, but it was way cooler than I thought it was going to be. And Astro Bot is the one game that I've played so far that has fully 
shown it off and I mean I remember I brought it home that, that first night the PlayStation 5 went for that launch with those absolute screwballs and uh, I brought the PlayStation back and uh, you were just about falling asleep on the couch yeah. and all of a sudden I'm oh my god you've got to try this this yeah. is amazing yeah. and I'm trying to like prod the like sit the PlayStation <laughs> controller against your head while you're trying to sleep just feel this can you believe that yeah, I think it took me a, a, a few shots of, of my own to really, you know, yeah. to get it. But just, yeah, put, pulling down the trigger buttons and getting forced just, back off it. It's just, it's so bizarre, but it's so cool. Yeah, I just, I, I, obviously, uh, haptic feedback has been a thing for a while, but this is the best implementation I've ever seen of it. I mean, you even one of the first things you did in that game was you went down a chute and it somehow felt in your hands like you were going down a chute. Yeah. How do you do it? I don't even know how you do that, but they did it, and they did a great bloody job of it. It's If it's not the best launch game ever, it's the best free launch game ever. So given this was a freebie with the PS5 launch, do you think that they will go on and make a full-price platformer given the success of this? I bloody hope so. I really do. Um, I mean, obviously before this, they made Astrobot Rescue Mission for the PSVR, yeah. which was fucking amazing as well absolutely I mean I think I gave that game a 10 out of 10 it nearly won it won the VR game of the year that year and it nearly won the game of the year just what I think a game the, the wee guys are just so cute as well uh-huh. aren't they Some, I mean they're like little white I don't know but they're just so cute yeah the way I, they like turn around and like wave at you when you're like uh, you know not pe- doing anything they've got stuff. personality yeah. they pull out the Vita or yeah. they put the VR headset on like when I first saw them I thought that is the most generic fucking character model you could have ever shat out your ass, And I didn't like it. But then when you see them come to life, and I think the VR helped that because when you had it on and it looked like the wee guy was in front of you, mm-hmm. you're like, this is cool. This is really, really cool. And I just, obviously, not a lot of people played the PSVR game because not a lot of people on PlayStation VR headsets. So when I heard that they were making this game, I was really happy because so many people hadn't experienced the pure joy that I'd experienced with the VR game. And I'm so happy that so many more people, I mean, and will continue to do once they get their hands on a PlayStation 5, will get to play this game. Um, I hope they do make another one. But I... I think they'll have to. I do think they'll have to. Their messaging has been a little bit here and there. They said they would have more information soon, which made you think, yes, they're definitely going to do it. But then they also talked about how they like to innovate, and that's why they've made a PSVR game. That's why they had sort of trialled the controller tech. And so maybe they'll want to move on and do something else. I don't know. Or they they could perhaps split the team in two. Um, Certainly a, a, a sequel to... Uh, Astro's Playroom, you could sell that for 50 quid. Definitely, it's got replay value and stuff as well, doesn't it? Collectibles and all that kind of stuff. I mean, not to turn this into the podcast about our son, but he has now platinum (laughs) the game twice. Yeah, Mum, can I play on your profile now so that I can get all the the trophies? I got you a first platinum trophy in your new account. Sure, go for it. So, like, he's platinumed it twice and he's played through the, the VR game about. I mean, God knows how many times. Yeah. It's probably like, yeah, for a child a, a quite a good introduction to, to gaming as well. It's Definitely. fairly simplistic as well. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, 
this is a controversial one here, I think. Number four, Cyberpunk 2077. It's so hard. It's so hard. I say it's hard to talk about this game, but... You've got to live with me, and I, I talk about this game all the you time. Do. Oh, can't wait to get home and play. I know. And then I'll get up in the morning, I'm like, I'm playing Cyberpunk all day today, and then I realise that I actually have to do adult things, yeah. and I don't get to play it today. But I love this game, honestly. Like, it's strange to say, given that I'm giving it number four in one specific year, but this is going to go down as one of my favourite games ever. I just I can't justify putting it any higher because of the absolute state that it's released in and that's coming from someone who has had one crash and that's it. Like, You've other, certainly like, been fortunate. Aye, other than because... that, I mean granted I'm playing the Playstation 4 version on a Playstation 5 so I'm getting a better experience um, than people playing on Playstation 4 or Xbox One, um, but <sighs> despite not getting the despite not getting the the errors myself, like it's it's too hard to ignore. I can't sit here and say this is the game of the year when, like, you see that Jurassic Park video that somebody put yeah. out where the thing <laughs> looks like somebody's made it in Roblox or something mm-hmm. like that, like. It's it's unacceptable the way they've the way they've released it. Um, yeah, we could we could make a whole other podcast, you know, for an hour long special just talking about that, couldn't we? It's... If you want to start a cyberpunk <laughs> podcast, I'm I'm on board. No, that's not what I'm saying. Because right? I'm here, I'm here for that. <laughs> right, I've got lots to say, but um, what do you love then? Everything. It's okay. just so good. Like to any, I suppose, people who are have seen the press uh, and haven't purchased the game yet. Why would you say that they should buy it? Well, there's a series of games called Deus Ex or Juice Ex, um, and I loved the style of those games, the sort of cyberpunky kind of futuristic style of them, um, but they were quite restrictive. There was open parts, but and they were really cool, and you could go about and sort of do your own thing and pick up side missions, but it was a very it was very limited. And I loved those games, so the thought of a full open world of that was just incredible to me. And that is what they've delivered. Like it's that style, but on a much grander scale. I didn't realize before it came out that it was going to be very much in the sort of Fallout vein, where you can basically pick up forks and dildos and stuff like off the ground and turn them into scavenging parts and all this sort of madness. Like, but. It's it's brilliant. It's just so addictive. The, the characters are so well defined and like I don't know, all the side characters that like, you care about them, they're acted really well, they have deep stories. There's a main story and then there's a hundred side stories and side stories feel like they're the main story. It's everything about it. Like I think I've put about seventy hours into it now and I'm going at a snail's pace purposely because I, I don't want to finish this. And like it's it's the sort of thing where Cyberpunk's number four on my list this year, but it could be number one on my list next year because they're going to release the next gen version and a game like this that doesn't have the issues 
loads even faster and it doesn't load it's not got bad load times but loads even faster when the next gen version comes out and presumably has ray tracing and all the new graphical tech i just it's going to be incredible like i will play through this game multiple multiple times and it's it's brilliant i i I fully expect I'll, i'll be surprised if we sit here next year and cyberpunk is not higher than number four on my list for 2021 okay well we shall we shall see. I will edit this little bit in. Have oh, you seen that when yeah. it's not? Look, I'm not above putting a game where it needs to go to not be wrong. No, okay. Okay, okay so now we're at number three, which is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Yeah, another game that in January, if you told me that this would make my top ten list, I'd have been very surprised. I'd never played an Animal Crossing game before despite its long heritage I believe. I think it's a lot of people's first yeah. first experience. Yeah I mean it's, it's a game that's always sold well it's always had a very hardcore following but I just sort of looked over at these people thinking I'm going to play some real games and then you got hooked. <laughs> I, I, the world got hooked no, that's the thing like it, I saw a thing recently it's it's sold more copies than any PlayStation exclusive ever. Now, I, I mean, the thing, it must be a license to print money at this point. Now, it came out at the right time. It came out four days after we went into the original lockdown. Yeah, the UK, the UK lockdown. Yeah, and that certainly helped. I mean, I, Nintendo sent it to us for review, and I was expecting I'd put maybe 15 hours into it max, enough to sort of get an idea for it, review it. But, and... At the time, I, I did get a little bit ill at the time, which I think that helped because I was on the couch sort of feeling sorry for myself for yeah. a week or so. And so to have a switch sitting there and to be sitting pulling weeds, virtual weeds and fishing and stuff like that, it was a good escape from not... Actually pe- pulling weeds out of the garden. Aye, it was grand. <laughs> I tell you, honestly, see my virtual garden, you want to see it, amazing. Yeah. Virtual garden, on point. Don't look at the real garden. Um, but it was, and I mean, I remember looking at it at the time, and I wouldn't be able to tell you now, but over that sort of 10, 12 day span, I put about 45 hours into the game because I was just, as I say, just sitting on the couch feeling sorry for myself, and you just, it's so addictive. Like, I, I couldn't have a single weed on my island. Not one. I, I, honestly, I, every morning I'd go about and scour the whole island. Just making sure there was nothing that popped up. And then I'd go and I'd get all my resources. I'd go visit other islands. Like, it was just... The gameplay loop is so addictive. And I've, I've been saying to you for a while, you need to start an island. Yeah. You need to which start I have island. now. I do have. Yeah, you have. I have lost my Animal Crossing virginity. You have, <laughs> yes. Um, we actually have got a second Switch now. Well, that helps, yeah. Uh, which we purchased <laughs> for our daughter's birthday. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We now have two Switches, so that's good. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, you, you still to kind of fully get yeah. into it and sort of get caught with it. But, I mean, it got to the point, I, I always remember it was it was just around about Easter, just after Easter. It was just after the Easter event finished. And I basically had to make a decision that was like, I need to stop playing this because I was back at work and I was taking it to work with me to make sure that I could get all my stuff done in my <laughs> island. 
and I was getting nothing done yeah. in real life. So, and I knew, obviously, with Last of Us and all the games that were going to be coming out, I thought, I cannot be glued to this switch. So I had to cut myself off. So from just after Easter until, what, three days ago, mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't touched it. And that was difficult because I was right excited for the Halloween and Christmas events yeah. and I stopped myself. But then Nathan restarted an island and, of course, as good as he is with stuff, he's got no patience. So he's cutting corners with his island and I, I just couldn't have it. So I've had to join his island and try and sort his shit out. So that's me right back down the rabbit hole again, getting nothing done. But it's brilliant. Animal Crossing is absolutely brilliant. I would recommend it to anyone. And we're talking about 2020 and how many new gamers were made in 2020 because of the pandemic. And... I would say the number one game that would have brought people in this year is Animal Crossing. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, I personally know people who purchased a Switch to play Animal Crossing. I, so I've never played a game yeah. in their life, ever. Yeah. And they bought a Switch, Animal Crossing, and now they think they're a gamer. Yeah. Do you think Sony should try and make like a game in similar vein? Because I want to get a platinum trophy <laughs> for pulling weeds. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I do. Okay. But there's also the thing where I think Animal Crossing works so well because it's handheld. Handheld. Yeah. And I don't know that it would have the same staying power. It's hard to say that sometimes because I, I talk to a lot of people that say, oh, I only use my Switch hooked up to the big TV, mm. but that's just completely foreign to me. Like, I could literally boot that little dock out the window and not miss it. Like, I would only ever play the Switch in a handheld mode. Mm. I don't think I ever had. Nathan has a few things, but yeah. I don't think I've ever played it in docked mode. I, I think we have always tried to play Mario Kart with multiple people just because it's easier than I Possibly, but, yeah. but I, I, I only play the thing in handheld mode. Mm. So, But I do think Animal Crossing is more suited to handheld. And so I think it could do well if Sony did it right. Because it's just an amazing idea, and if you keep up with the events and stuff like that, like the, the fact that they can do all these seasoned events and bring in different fish at different months and stuff like that, that, that really, I mean, you look at it now and, like, there's games obviously as a service and stuff like that, but, like, it feels like Animal Crossing hasn't waned at all, and the game's been out for nine months. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still going strong, and I think that'll be going for a couple of years. If they can keep these, these events going then I, I think it could go for a long time. So I, th- I think Sony could be successful with it, but certainly not to the level that Nintendo have been. And I think that's probably because they wouldn't have the handheld option because they're cowards and they won't make a beat at it. Okay, so narrowly missing out on the top spot at number two is The Last of Us Part 2. Yes. Yep. Uh, I, would have, I would have put money on it the bookies going into... 2020 that The Last of Us Part 2 would have been my number one uh, the first game it's hard to say favourite game of all time because on different days you feel different ways but certainly the, the original Last of Us is one of if not my favourite game of all time uh, well it's because of you actually that was one of the first games we played through together no we played it we played through the Uncharted games first mm-hmm. but 
I don't know, I just I always remember us sitting down playing that. Yeah. Like we had such a good time, mm-hmm. like just working our way through it together and stuff like that. Like good memories, like you solving all the problems. Yeah. Aye, that's you doing all the time. Look, I'm trying to pay you a compliment here and you're making it really <laughs> fucking difficult. But yeah, the the first last of us, I mean the story was brilliant, like getting attached to Ellie, like I don't know, some folk thought Joel was a dick, I really liked him. I, I, I thought he made the right call um in the first game, but like the first game is just such a special game. It really is. I absolutely love it. Um, I don't think the second one reached the same heights, but it wasn't far away. The first, the second game is a better game than the first game because it's seven years newer. And yeah, yeah, from that point of view, I, like, but it's not better than. The last of us was in twenty thirteen mm. when it released. Yeah. Very good. Um, the I don't want to get too spoilerish because there will be people that haven't played it. Obviously, there's a there's a lot to spoil about this game, and a lot of the people have enjoyed spoiling about this game. Uh, I, before the game was even released, there was multiple people on Twitter that sent me what like different things about what happened. Um, but it didn't bother me to be honest. Like, although I'm invested in the story, like I sort of read it and was like. Uh, and then when we were playing through it, like you even sort of said to me, you're like, you know what's gonna happen. And I was like, I've forgotten. Mm-hmm. Like I really have, and it was all new to me. And some of the stuff that they said they got wrong anyway. Like the main spoiler was that Abby was a trans a transgender person or something. I'm like <laughs> they just they got it wrong. They just yeah. it's all these assumptions mm-hmm. based on just hatred and folk being idiots. Um but the only the only negative I had on The Last of Us Part 2, and I don't even know if we've spoken about this, but I thought it was too long. Like, we, we did split it up in chunks, so we, like, I think it would have been more noticeable had we, like, tried to power through it in two sittings or three yeah. sittings or something like that. But, I mean, it was about 27 hours long. Like, I remember, like, a certain point thinking, oh, that's, that's it. And it turned out we're only yeah, about Yeah, I know. I think there was a few points where you thought you were coming to, like, a and climax, I, and then it just... And you were nowhere near Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I felt it, it, I felt it was, it was just too long. It was, it was almost like they, they padded it out because they felt they had to. Like, with the first Last of Us game, they had this multiplayer mode in it, and everyone pre-launch was raging that they were forcing multiplayer into it, but it turned out the multiplayer was great. Mm-hmm. So that was good, and it almost felt like when they said that they weren't going to put multiplayer into the second one, and they were going to release that separately, that they were like, but we need to make this worth it. And they made it longer. And I know some people disagree and thought that it was the right length, but I just, I did, I felt it it did go down a bit from being just a little bit too long. But in terms of the the story, like, I I loved it. Like, I, I remember, like... I suppose this is going to get a bit spoilery because you can't really not get spoilery. But I remember when we first sort of took over as Abby and us turning to each other and going, I know what they're trying to do here and I'm not going to sympathise with her. Mm-hmm. I do not like her. Mm-hmm. And honestly, by the end, she's probably my favourite character in the yeah. game. I really liked her. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end, you're like, leave her alone. Stop it. So, like... They, they won me over, like, they they took a lot of risks with the story, and they, certainly, I wouldn't be the only one, they got gamers to a point where you were like, I realise what you're trying to do here, and it's not going to work, Neil Druckmann, 
And then they pulled it off. They made us care about these characters that I didn't want to care about. I didn't want to care about anyone that would hurt Ellie. But I did. And it's it's a masterpiece of a game. Like, it looks brilliant. I mean, the, the fact they managed to get visuals like that on a PlayStation 4 yeah, is incredible. It was impressive. So, I just absolutely brilliant. Do you think this is the last of The Last of Us? Oh, I see what you did there. Um, I don't know. I think when they finished the story, when they finished... Not necessarily when the game released, but I think when they finished this writing the story, it was. Mm. And that they didn't want to go back to it. But they're now they've obviously been like this TV show, which is going to presume I heard it's going to basically recap like this the first season of this last of us TV show is basically going to be the story from the first game. Which seems a bit okay. strange because the first game basically is like cinematic, so mm. I suppose it brings it to a wider audience if that's what's needed. But I think depending on the success of the TV show, yeah, yeah, good. Because if the TV show does well, then they could potentially Sony. There'll be pressure from Sony to pull more people into the game and yeah, and then release like a trilogy. Like, uh, yeah. so but I think at the time when they finished writing the second game I think that was going to be it mm-hmm. although from what I understand when they finished writing the first game that was going to be it mm-hmm. so like it's difficult because there's money to be made so I think we'll, I think we'll probably get a third one yeah I hope so I hope so too mm-hmm. okay here we are last but not least numero uno yep number one on our top ten games of 2020 is Ghost of Tsushima it's so hard, like, there's so much to say about Ghost of Tsushima, but at the same point, I'm like, I don't know what to say, it's, it's, it's so strange, like, I didn't write a review for this on the website, mainly because it took me a wee while to get through it, um, we didn't receive a code for it, so I was under no obligation to, to write a review, uh, but I still had planned to write one, and you can check my WordPress, I'm pretty sure there's half a review in <laughs> the drafts, but despite, I mean, I'm in love with this game, but I don't know, I just, I found it hard to write about for some reason. Um, It's a game that I was always interested in because I like the time period, I love samurai stuff, like, when I saw it, anytime you saw a, a screenshot of it, which was, there wasn't too much stuff shown about it before it came out, to be fair, but there was, I remember there being a PlayStation, I can't remember they call it, the all-access thing, and they showed off like maybe five minutes of gameplay footage, and I was like, that game looks seriously graphically impressive. It just, the art style was just amazing. I thought that looks really cool. Um, I was a wee bit worried about the gameplay, like how would they pull it off? Would it be, would, it, would the stealth be good? And um, when it came out, it's just, it's everything about it. I just, it's so good. It's even more than The Last of Us, it's a complete technical marvel on the PlayStation 4 as well. Like, I can't believe they got a PlayStation 4 game to look that good. Like, on the PlayStation 5, like, I would, if someone had shown me that game on PlayStation 4 and said, that's a PlayStation 5 game, I would have said, 
that's really incredible what they can do on a PlayStation 5. That's how good it looks when you're going through like forests and stuff like that. It looks incredible. The gameplay is really fun. It's the best sword play, sword combat that I've ever seen in a game. The story was really good. And it was even down to things like, I don't know, like you play it. I played a little bit of the new Assassin's Creed on PlayStation 4 and you want to fast travel and it takes about a minute and a half of loading screens. Whereas in Ghost of Tsushima, you could fast travel across the map in five seconds. And I remember looking and going, how have they done this? There's not a single game that was made before this that you could fast travel in this amount of time. Yeah, it's pretty And it's just... And then I was reading an, in, I was, uh, reading an interview with them where they said that they'd extended the load times to five seconds so that you could read the tips. <laughs> it could have been less. And I thought, how? How have you done this? So, yeah, everything about it. Like, I still need to go back for the Platinum. Uh, I finished the story and I just had so much stuff piling up that I needed to play. And I thought, you know what, I'll wait for PlayStation 5. There'll be an enhanced version, which there is now. Um, that's 60 frames a second. So I can go back then and finish off for the Platinum, which I plan to get round to soon. Um, I can't wait. And then, obviously, there'll be a new game plus, which I'll do as well, because... It's phenomenal. It really is. It's not necessarily something I would recommend to you. Um, I don't know that you would really like it. It looks impressive, obviously. Uh, yeah. But, but it's uh, it's incredible. I, like, it's not only... I mean, this isn't a spoiler because I already released this uh, article, but to me, it's not only the game of the year, but it's the best PlayStation 4 game, I think. I would, I would even not just first party. I think it's the best, the best game on PlayStation Four, and I would not have expected that going on. Well, there you have it. Um. So yeah, thanks everyone who's taken the time to listen to our top ten games of twenty twenty. It's been a tough year, but we've, as we said, you've been lucky to get some really, really good games out Brilliant of it. Games. Brilliant. Um. I would, I would say, uh, kind of went back and forth on this. I remember speaking to a few folk on, on Twitter about this. Like, was this the best year for video games? And uh, a lot of times, like, 2018 comes up, which was an amazing year, apart from the 7 out of 10 that is God of War. But I think 2020 is, has been the best year for games. And I think some of that can be put down to the circumstances that you find yourself in at the time. And I think that gaming being what people needed in 2020 plays a part and I think it really did drag some people through the year and I think that can't be understated and the fact that we get so many amazing games two new consoles like if you managed to get your hands on one uh, well, that was a bit of a debacle but <laughs> I mean <sighs> both Microsoft and Sony are getting a lot of a lot of shit for that but I don't think it's either company's fault. No. Like they did what they could, like especially with uh, the pre-orders for the PlayStation Five. That was sort of the one that was shit on the most. But it's not like Sony asked these retailers to put pre-orders up early. The retailers just did it. People pegged it, bought them up, and at that point, what are they supposed to do? Like everyone's fighting for the same parts to make to make consoles just now, and they just they just can't get them out fast enough, and. It's it's a real shame that there was a lot of people that didn't have the console they wanted under their Christmas tree uh, in 2020, but it is the world we're in at the moment, and hopefully 
hopefully it's right out soon and everyone can get on board. Yes, fingers crossed. So, um, as I say, thanks for listening. Hopefully the momentum has kept going in 2021 and we do hope to bring you many more episodes all about gaming. Um, so please make sure you give us a follow on our Twitter at Pure Dead Gaming and we'll update when we release episodes. Um, if you have any suggestions, feedback, comments, please give us a mention as well. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks very much, guys. See you later. www.puredeadgaming.com